welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. We're going to go to Ephesians 1 and verse 11 today. That's where we're going to start the message. We just clicked over into this what's now theme. We, we started off with what's new, we went to what's next, and we, now we're going what's now. That's kind of the end of the what's themes for the year. But what is now? And I, I think what Cam said was very pertinent, that often it's March before we kind of settle for the year and go, okay, now this is what we're really going to do this year. And so I'm starting to, uh, my, my, the title for my teaching today, I'm not going to call it a message, it, it is a teaching, is uh, Defining Your Destiny. And over the next two services, this one and the 10 a.m., I'm going to go through 10 questions that you can ask to define your destiny. And the moment some of you hear that, you think, well, Pastor, I already know what that is. I'm moving towards it. Does this apply to me? I think this teaching applies to three groups of people. Firstly, those of us that have already uh, discovered our destiny and are on the way. You know where you're going. You know what you're called to do. Uh, And as you look at these questions again and you answer them clearly or you remind yourself of the fact that you have answered these questions, it'll add confidence to what you're doing. It'll increase your faith. It will kill confusion. Answering these questions, not just one of the questions, but all 10, answering them honestly, not with what you would like the answer to be, will actually kill confusion. But maybe you're in the second group of people where you've discovered your destiny, but you're not clear on how to get there, what you're called to do. These, answering these questions can uh, give you clarity and get you unstuck because some people find themselves stuck. And then obviously for that last group where you're not sure, you have no idea what your destiny is, you can discover it, unveil, unveil faith, a faith-filled journey towards that destination and it will revolutionise your life. It's for everyone in the sense that um, when you look at these questions, they, they require two things, both heart and head, not just heart alone. I think that's one of the things I've seen. I've been teaching this series over 20-odd years now. In fact, I've been under it for about 25. Keep going back to it because it's so powerful. But the mistakes that are made when um, people hear about these 10 questions that can define your destiny, they go, wow. They get to the first question or the second question and they find the answer to that and then just run off. <laughs> One of the questions is about passion. And so they just discover their passion. Off we go. There's my passion. That's what I'm called to do. But actually, you've got to go through and answer all 10 questions to define it and set the course. And it'll help set timelines as well. It takes both heart and head. Too much heart, and you'll be kind of in the zone of all zeal with no knowledge. All head, you'll get so puffed up with pride, you won't keep your feet on the ground. I like what Bishop Jake said. He said, intellect can, can describe it, but only instinct can find it. He said, if destiny in its roots is your destination, then instinct is your transportation. It's your GPS guided system that helps you get to what you were predestined to. I like that. It helps you get to what you're predestined to. We must understand that in the predestination of God, we still have our own responsibility to follow the path and the track. 
And I find that in terms of the God-given destiny that's been given to each one of us, we've got to start here in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11. Are you ready? I think it's on the screen behind me. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as His own inheritance. Before we were even born, He gave us our destiny. I love that. Don't you, don't you? And that's, the, that's why you've got to discover your destiny, not decide it. Because it was given before you were born. And through your union with Christ, you reconnect to that God-given journey and path. And, and please, you, you must understand today, whether you're called to express most of your gifts and talents in the marketplace or you're called to express most of your gifts in the ministry, that's a very small percentage of us, either way, that faith-filled journey is designed to take you to your ultimate destination. Now, ultimately, we have a mind that is set on heaven above. Is that right? And, and I think you can be powerful, effective for God and enjoy the journey that is given to you, either in the marketplace or in the ministry. That was a great time to just go, yeah, that's a good deal. That we would fulfil the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in His heart. So the 10 questions, we're going to start with number one here right now. And the first question we've got to answer is, what is the deepest desire of our hearts? What's the deepest desire of your heart? Um, you know, and, and kind of right now, you've got to clear away fantasies. The interesting, about, interesting thing about a fantasy is your mind cannot tell the difference between fantasy and reality. You dwell on a fantasy long enough and your mind actually accepts it as truth and you start speaking of it as if it is a truth. Um, you can engage in certain realms, in certain um, what are, uh, virtual realms, and you get so engaged in that virtual realm that you think this is real and you're on it. And so what's the deepest desire of your heart? The difference between a fantasy and a dream is you'll work for a dream, you won't work for a fantasy. When we're talking about answering the question is what is your deepest desire of your heart, you've got to understand that desire reveals design and design reveals destiny. And so what are you passionate about? When I look at that, one of the silent destiny thieves of the day is the fact that in our world there's this thing called escapism. It's always been around, but it's at a new level today. I'm talking about full-grown men who have just got married to a beautiful wife. They don't yet have kids. They don't have distractions. They don't have to get a bag of jelly beans and throw them on the back lawn and say, kids, go on a jelly bean hunt while I get some time alone with mummy. <laughs> are you with me? That's not happened yet. But here they are, married men, trying to conquer in the, in the late hours of night, early hours of the morning. They're out in the theatre room trying to conquer the next level of a video game while their wife is in bed wondering, why is he still out there? Oh, what? At the same time, there are, not in this congregation, but I've heard of some that exist. Hypothetically speaking, I heard through the grapevine that there are ladies that spend their time capturing just the most perfect picture of 
this or that to put it up on social media so that it can look like this amazing life is going on all the time. They are in turmoil because they're not ready to face that awkward conversation that will unlock a brand new journey in the marriage. Both are escaping the reality of the key things that are required for us to live faith-filled journeys as husbands and wives, as families towards that destiny God's called us to. So in answering the first question, what's the deepest desire of your heart? God uses the areas we desire most, not the areas we desire least. He uses us in those areas. Desire reveals design. Design reveals destiny. Incidentally, to unpack this further and, <laughs> and look at the questions further, we're going to have those things taking place in our connect groups. And because you're not going to get all the questions this morning in this session, if you can't make the second session, you can get it from the podcast, which will be up in the next couple of days, I'm sure. Question number two, are you ready? What is your driving passion? Not just firstly, what's your deepest desire, but second question, what is your driving passion? Um, you know, we're, there's a lot of talk in our world today about being purpose-driven. But, you know, purpose alone, if all you have is purpose with the absence of passion, I think that journey will become very painful and very bland. Psalm 69 verse 9, Jesus quoted this. He said, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Passion for your house burns within me. Um, there are many things you can do but you should be doing the thing you're passionate about. And rather than trimming it down for you now into one kind of deal, I think it just, if you're passionate about seeing people live better lives, then it's obvious your destiny and your expression, your career, your vocation is gonna cause you to be on the front face of people every day. But you know what, if you're passionate more about seeing the project finished and done on time and done well, and you know, kind of people are a side product of that, then it's okay for you to be the guy that just works hard and pushes through exhaustion to get the project finished. Uh, don't let tr someone try and make you a people person if you're a project person. Hello, somebody. You, you're allowed to be passionate about the thing you're passionate about. I mean, some people are passionate about these crafty things and I go past stalls in markets and I see them doing it. I think, oh, that, would just like be, that would just like be torture for me to have to sit at that table and do all that little stuff and do that and like because my passion's in another area. What are you passionate about? Passion stirs us to action, it causes us to do something. A passion for people stirs up pastors and nurses and social workers. A passion for numbers, get this, stirs up accountants. I mean, they get passionate about spreadsheets. Go figure. The evangelist can't think of anything else but lost souls. The salesperson, can't think about anything else than the fact that this product is going to make it a better lifestyle for every single person. Well, that's what most salesmen should be doing. Doctors, nurses, surgeons and therapists have a passion for providing relief from suffering for people that drives them to study, minister medicine and treat people as valuable and precious. Know what you are passionate about. Number three, what flows out of you naturally? What flows out of you naturally? I find some people, especially when coming to faith and desiring to be spiritual, they think the thing that comes naturally to them is not the thing that God wants them to do. 
It's kind of like going to a shoe store to buy a pair of shoes. You know that you're a size 10, but you think your feet are too big, so you try and squeeze them into a pair eight and a half. Ladies, I wish I knew your kind of shoe sizes because, you know, I know sometimes that can happen to the sisters. I just want to get into a smaller pair of shoes to make my feet look smaller and then you walk around the rest of your days awkwardly with pain going on just so that your feet can look smaller. I know some of you are looking at me now and laughing because you've done this before. But you know what? If the shoe fits, wear it. What flows out naturally? There's nothing like a pair of right-fitting, well-made shoes. And when we look at defining our destiny, the path that God has called us on, let's be reminded that when we talk about destiny, we are talking about the destination and the faith-filled journey along the way that God has called us to. And when you discover that purpose for which you were called for, when you get locked into your area of passion, when you, when you really are able to clearly articulate what flows naturally out of you, you'll find that the journey becomes like a vortex that just keeps moving you forward. The builder can read complex blueprints. The accountant loves creating, studying and managing spreadsheets. The teacher can mould the minds of 25 students all at the one time. You may think what flows out of you naturally is easy, but to other people it's difficult. So if the shoe fits, wear it. I mean, I just kind of often look at people. I was at a family celebration last night and... You know what, just people dancing freely on the dance floor and enjoying themselves and with actual rhythm and moves. I'm sitting there going, golly, I so wish that stuff flowed out of me naturally. But it doesn't. I'm never going to be a great dancer, not even in the days before Christ where I tried to get it to flow with alcohol and other things. It was still bad. You know, but in, in, in the dance of life... We've got to know what flows out of us naturally. It's an important question to answer. Question number four. Where do you produce great results? I want to spend some time here. Where do you produce great results? 20 years ago when I first started teaching this, I would use the word good. I no longer use the word good because the word good means something different today. It's kind of like, okay, how are you? Okay. Yeah, we know that a lot of times when we get that response, okay is not okay. And when we say good, it's not really good. How many times have we signed off with all good when really we're ticked off? Come on, be honest. You've got to answer the question, where do you produce great results? For instances, for, for an instant, I'm a good painter. I'm not a great painter. I'm a good gardener. I'm not a great gardener. Where do you produce great results? Because what God needs more than ever before is His men and women, His his boys and girls, His sons and daughters, fully alive, doing the things where they produce great results. Great results. Where do you produce great results? And with these questions, can I say that often the, the answers to these questions will require 
some collaboration with significant others in our world. Proverbs 22 and verse 29 says this, If you are uniquely gifted in your work, you will rise and be promoted. You won't be held back. You'll stand before kings. Can I encourage us? If you have a business that is only paying you a wage after five years, you're still in a job. That went down well. Some people waste the prime years of their lives flogging a dead horse. Pastors pastoring for decades and still gathering with just 20 people. Friends, that's a connect group, not a church. Where do you produce great results? It's the classic example of that that person working in the bakery that just does a fantastic job of making those pies and they seem to do a better job than anyone else and so they get this idea in their mind and they go off and try and launch their own business and wonder why 12 or 18 months down the track they're packing it in and losing their life savings because they were made to make those things but not necessarily made to go into business to handle the responsibilities of resources and people and all the other things that goes into making a business work. Where do you produce great results? Keep doing that thing and you will find you'll keep moving towards your ultimate destination in God and He'll use that. Where do you produce great results? Fifth and final question that we're going to answer here is what is the witness of the Holy Spirit in your heart? Do you experience the smile of God when you pursue that thing. I, I love the fact that I often have men and women in the marketplace, business owners, entrepreneurs, professionals, call me and say, I just had this encounter with God, which was incredible. It happened on the side of the road in the middle of the day. I love it. I love it when I get those calls. I love it more than what happened here on Wednesday night when we all gathered together in this obvious place of encounter. Do you know what I'm talking about? I love it that the Holy Spirit is out there ready to confirm for people on their right path and on their right journey and give them personal intimate encounters. I I love the fact that God speaks to truck drivers and will just envelop their cabin in the middle of the day while they're working on a mine site and the Spirit of God will show up there and they'll have an encounter because they're on the path that God has called them to. What's the witness of the Holy Spirit in your spirit? You're going to experience the smile of God when you're following destiny's course. You see, because it's important not just to discover your destiny, road called destiny. It's important to define it, to get clarity on it. So that when you get in the midst of a battle, You don't allow the battle to distract you from the thing that God's called you to. You just recognise this is a battle and we might even lose this battle, but because I'm on the right course, we're going to win the war. Who gives a flip about the one battle you lost when your ultimate goal is to win the war? What's the witness of the Holy Spirit in your spirit? I love what Jesus said here in John chapter 16. It says, but when the truth-giving Spirit comes, He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak His own message, but only what He hears from the Father. And He will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. When you discover your God-given destiny and commit to pursue it on a daily basis, the Holy Spirit will anoint 
many moments in your day. Can I encourage you to take time? Can I encourage you to set up a folder in your note application or in your journal and actually go through these questions? And if you've already done this and you're continuing on that journey, go back and revisit them and clarify them further. Because as you do that, God can take that faith commitment that you've made, that praying that you've done, and actually begin to put a fresh lease of life behind everything that you're doing. I love the fact that we are branches. And while we're connected to the vine, His life flowing through us is what makes it happen. That I'm not trying to get something out there and put it in here so that it can go out there. But while I just stay connected to the vine, you know, I am a tree, the Bible says. The Bible says that we're like trees planted by the rivers of water. You know, have you ever thought about the fact that your spiritual life, your destiny in God and what you're called to do means you're going to be like a tree? Uh, yeah, the trees in springtime, they look amazing. Have you seen the trees along some of our suburbs and roads right now? <laughs> so they started to go brown, all the green's gone, they're, going to they're starting to lose their leaves. You know, those trees aren't going, oh, I don't know if we're going to make it. I'm losing all my leaves, all my shine's gone. Uh, I might need some more Botox. <laughs> trees aren't doing that because our roots have gone down deep into the earth. They're drawing up nourishment from below and they go, this is just a season. This is a season I've got to go through. I'm gonna, yep, I'm going to look like I'm all stripped bare, but that's okay. Uh, we're going to go through some storms, but we come through into spring again and I'm going to go some brand new fresh leaves and fruit's going to come forth because they know they are connected. And when you know you are connected to Christ, when you know that you're in that union with Christ, if you go back to Ephesians 1 and verse 11, it says because of our union with Christ. Think about it. Because of our union, because of my roots, being deep into Christ. And you know what? <sighs> Coming to church is not a replacement of that personal relationship with Christ, but it is a reflection of how far my roots have gone. Getting into connect is not a replacement of praying to Christ, but it is a reflection of how far my roots have gone. I don't know how to explain it. I'm, st I'm still a little bit kind of in awe of, and, and I shouldn't be because 25 years down the track, this has happened many times, but I'm still a little bit in awe about the impact that Wednesday night had on me just gathering with leaders and praying and worshipping in that way. Do you know what I'm saying? And so can I encourage you that your union with Christ is your responsibility? I want to read it to you one more time. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as His own inheritance. That's a powerful release of confidence that I can have. God's got this. They're not just flippant words, God's got this. But because of my union with Christ, I'm claimed. He's not going to let go. Can I encourage you to define your destiny? further if you understand it. If you don't, can I encourage you that this can actually be an incredible tool going through this process, answering the questions 
in the other five questions, there's some really challenging ones that are in there that will really help you because it involves others. There's one in there that says, what do mature Christians see in you? That can be a scary question. I know it can help you. I'd love to pray with you in this moment. Father, thank you that through our union with Christ, you've claimed us. And as a result, your plans and purposes, what you have in your heart for us, will come to pass. Thank you that you give us the courage to discover our destiny and not just decide it. Thank you that when we get into that vein, it is like a well-fitting pair of shoes. It just feels right. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.